I'm a zombie. I've been bitten. No! You're listening to the Survival Podcast for zombie nerds everywhere. Zombies Ate My Podcast. Hello and welcome to Zombies Ate My Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Murphy, and joining me, as always, is the busy zombie lord, Lou Page. How's it going, Lou? I can't wait for us to talk about tonight tonight's topic. Mm, yes, we've been waiting a long time uh, for well, this one. I've been waiting a long time to make you play this game, so... <laughs> Well, luckily, uh, we were able to check out Stubbs the Zombie after the re-release happened this week. As promised, we were checking it out. Uh, we were lucky enough to receive codes from the publisher Asper. So Asper, Aspire, um, I should have probably looked up how to pronounce that. But uh, yeah, we're excited to talk about Stubbs the Zombie. Yeah, it's rubble without a pulse. Exactly. So we're going to talk about that later on in our main topic. But before that, let's get into the news. has completely devastated over 150 of the world's major regions and then is spreading rapidly. And speaking of video games, uh, there's one that kind of popped up on my radar. It's uh, the PR company that's doing work for them. I sort of follow for uh, my work with Zombies in my podcast and the Gamers In. Uh, it's a zombie game set in an open world zombie survival sort of setup post-apocalyptic Canadian Rockies, which you had me at Canadian, uh, and it's called Dead Matter. It's a releasing on Steam Early Access in 2021. Now, this game's been around for a little bit. People are prob- people could be aware of it, but this is the first I heard of it. Uh, it's, uh, I, I had heard of it, but it's always been in like a closed alpha state, and I wasn't sure. Sometimes things in alpha don't ever actually come out, so I've been waiting to see if it's going to be coming to Steam Early Access, and the fact that it is makes this a little more interesting. I'm not a huge fan of open world survival games, but the, the images for this definitely look pretty. It's something I'd be willing to give a shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was. I'm. I'm with you there. Like a uh, Daisy. There's a couple of them. Um, Daisy was not was not my was not my cup of tea. Yeah, not mine. Not mine either. And I think for me, looking at this game. I, you know, I joke it's it's set in Canada, but it, it does look really great, which is something you don't usually get from these like open world survival games. Like I, I played a few of them and it's always they just leave you wanting when it comes to the graphics department. But this game really looks like it's going to shine in that area. And I'm excited to I'm excited to play it. Um, it's been quite a while and, and honestly, a really good candidate for a Zamp uh, a Zamp plays because uh i would i would really love to i would really love to play this game so we'll keep an eye on it it looks really cool i don't i couldn't find a trailer i don't know if maybe i i just missed out on it i haven't been able to see any you know footage of the game running but i did see the screenshots and they look really they look really good so yeah we'll keep an eye out and we will look to uh check it out and talk about it on the show but uh if you want to check it out for yourself you can uh, look up Dead Matter. Uh, that's the game title. I did have the website up. The website is playdeadmatter.com, but we will have a links in the show notes. 
Lou, another thing that's been sort of, uh, you know, working on in the background is the Resident Evil reboot, the Resident Evil movie reboot that's happening this year. We finally got a release date for it. How does September look in your calendars? September sounds really, really soon, and I am a-okay with that. Yeah. The movie will be releasing on September 3rd uh, of this year, and uh, we don't have a trailer yet, but, you know, with the September 3rd release date, I could see us getting a trailer around Comic-Con time in July. That's a perfect time for a trailer to, to for this type of movie, and I'm excited. I, I You know, every article that sort of gets published about this, they always have, like, here's the people playing uh, all the characters, and I just think this cast is amazing the cast is the cast is really good like they the, this article actually has images of like the actor versus the character and just about everybody looks just like their character and i i, I think they did a really nice job uh for i mean the original complaint was always that the original resident evil movies don't follow the plots of the games very well mm-hmm. and that sounds like this is gonna go, kind of go in the right direction and the fact that they got it looks like they got the act, the actors cast correctly, it's going to be fun. Yeah. I'm super stoked to see a faithful recreation of the video game stories because I think the video game stories, there's enough there that you can build a proper movie around without just, you know, leaving little hints and homages to, to the plot. Like, I think you can do the, the, a movie justice with, um, especially since they're bundling Resident Evil 1 and 2 into this movie i think that's a that's smart the choice only, i think that's the only thing that worries me is that they're trying to push two games into one movie i and i it, I, I worry we're going to get too much all at once mm-hmm. but if done right it could be done it could be good i think like you know we haven't really talked about that on this show and, and i you know what pops into my head and how that would work is basically it's a it's it's two movies in one that meet up at the end right like you have the team uh alpha and bravo at the the um mansion and then you have uh leon and claire sort of in in tandem in the city in the city yeah Yeah. and then at the end they meet up and of course that's not really you know canon to the games but but it's close enough that i think i i feel like the plot of the original game is shallow enough it'd be hard to stretch that into a 90 or two minute two hour movie and by compressing them together they can kind of do two things at once and really what we're going to end up getting is like a 40 or 50 minute movie that takes place in the mansion and a 40 or 50 minute movie that takes place in the city and i and i'm okay with that i think that if done right that would work really well yeah i'm excited i'm looking forward to a trailer and hopefully we get one soon uh keeping on the resident evil train we got uh, news, not a trailer, but we got news for Resident Evil Infinite Darkness, which is bringing back the Resident Evil 2 remake uh, actors, voice actors for uh, Leon Kennedy and Claire Redfield, and that is Nick Ap- Apostolides. Ladies, uh, apologies for that. That's, that's terrible pr- pronunciation on my part. And Stephanie Pansiello uh, for Claire again probably not pronouncing those names correctly uh but yeah this is i mean this is not um this is not like super crazy news but i i liked the voice actors for leon and claire in uh in that remake did you now do you feel the same way or is this no no no. i uh, this was good news for me because 
one of my, my my biggest gripes with all the stuff is is they change the voice actors so often that you don't regularly get the same guy from game to game or same girl from game to game. So the fact that they're going to keep the the same actors, I'm hoping that they'll do this for the next couple of it's digital movies that they do. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. It is really confusing when they keep jumping back and forth. And I think since this is technically in canon with the games, it makes even more sense to keep those yeah. voice actors and uh, try to keep a, a, a sort of a level, uh, you know, consistent level of, of who's it voicing makes who. Me, it makes me excited that maybe after The Village, we get another traditional style Resident Evil game. There were rumors that uh, we would be getting sort of a Revelations sort of style game, which is which is technically what has been sort of in line with a traditional Resident Evil. I know we didn't like Resident Evil Revelations to Penal Colony. Um, yeah. It was a bit of a joke on, on this show, but, uh, you know, it, it was what it was. It was pre all the remakes, so I think Capcom's learned a lot from uh, from from the traditional Resident Evil experiences. So I, I think a Resident Evil Revelations 3 could work, right? I yeah, I, I definitely think that, the, uh, that I'm def- this is definitely something I'm really excited for. Indeed. Uh, well, one little final news story here before we jump into our topic, and that is uh, we finally, finally got word from the developers behind Dying Light 2. Uh, they promised a development update a bit tongue-in-cheek uh, from their Twitter account where they where they told pe- people were saying, oh, this game's in development hell. And they say, no, we'll actually have an update. And I personally thought this update would be a little more substantial than this, but really they just addressed the concerns of the fans by saying, like, we hear you, we're committed to the game, we had to go quiet because we, we were, we had to, we had to spend more time on the game to get it to what we, to where we wanted it. The development update really isn't, much more than that except they give us a small snippet of like 30 seconds of gameplay which i think we've seen i think we've seen this before it it looks very i'm sure it's new footage but it feels very similar to what we've already seen therefore it just doesn't feel substantial you know yeah Uh, but uh, they did confirm 2021 that could obviously slip with the global pandemic and everything that's going on but uh, they did say there would be more news, more substantial news coming this year and um, release date in 2021. So I don't know. Um, I liked Dying Light. I remember back when we played it on this show. I was Louis... not a fan, but I appreciated what it tried to do. Yeah, yeah. So I'm hoping that with the second one, maybe we get a we get a we get more what I was hoping for. Yeah, I think um I think they're trying to do a lot of different stuff with Dying Light 2. More story, more focus on narrative and stuff. Was there something in particular you were looking for? Um, I just felt the plot was kind of shallow. And um, I felt like things at night were too hard. Um, but it kept constantly making me have to go out at night to do stuff. Like, I just felt the game wasn't balanced enough and having to keep, I felt like I had to grind to get better gear and then I would use a weapon and it would break and I'd have to go back and try and grind for more gear. It felt it, it felt like a lot of busy work to me. Uh-huh. It also didn't help it also didn't help that the, in the beginning of the game you're helping a, uh, a like a like a bad guy, he's like a renegade that's like trying to prevent like the the good people from getting supplies and you've got to kind of balanced helping him and the other people and 
I felt like they were trying to do the Far Cry thing where he's a bad guy, but he's so weird that you kind of like him. And I never found him likable. I found him like really, really dis- distasteful. Mm-hmm. And I felt like they just didn't do a good job of doing what Far Cry does. Yeah, yeah, they were really trying to go for that Far Cry feel. And um, I forgot about that day-night cycle in that the night was like, it was more dangerous. The zombies were more powerful. There were different versions of them. Um, don't get me wrong. It was scary and it had that tension to it, but it was kind of annoying in that like. Yeah, it, it also did the thing that I didn't like about um, uh, Dead Island mm-hmm. where the game leveled with you to balance the game. So I always felt like leveling up really didn't do anything for my character because then the zombies were always on par with my level anyway. So I got a great new ability, but I can't really use it because it didn't really do anything. I, I, I felt like I never felt like I was getting stronger. I always felt like I was always struggling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was a bit of that. Um, I remember they supported the game quite a bit and they did. They, they did still sort support of... it. They still do events and stuff. I still get emails. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I know they've reconfirmed that they would be sort of applying the same approach to Dying Light 2. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's not very often we get a big AAA zombie game, although we'll be getting at least two this year with uh, two or three. Yeah. Resident Evil 8, which is coming out in May. Uh, sorry, what was that one? Evil Dead. Oh, yeah. That Evil Dead game. That's sort of like cooperative yeah um thing you know um we don't have this in the notes but speaking of resident evil 8 it reminded me i don't know if i told you i was able to pick up a playstation 5 um and i downloaded the exclusive sort of visual demo. concept demo uh for resident evil 8 yeah and um i don't know if i want to play that game it is i, I knew it was a non-combat demo and i was still scared lou it, it, did it did it do the same thing that seven did to you yeah it's scary it's the first person nature of it and the sounds and like they've really ratcheted up the realism and i mean resident evil 7 already had that like realism sheen applied to it but this one just takes it to a whole new level and um yeah i don't know if first person resident evil is for me if so ryan powered out i will play all the way through it Yes, as is tradition with this show, because I think you and Bob both played through Resident Evil 7 and loved it, and I don't know why we didn't talk about it more. It may have been just my chicken feet uh, dragging us, <laughs> keeping us held behind, but I will I will say this, like, if when Resident Evil 8 comes out, um, we will talk about it, because Lou will play it. I think you're going to play it on PC, right? Because that's yep. sort of your platform of choice um yeah i'm just hoping my pc will run it (laughs) yeah and you know what like it is it's still a cross-generational game and when i was playing that demo um it didn't look it it didn't look like it would uh it would it would crash like current generation hardware on pc and i'm interested to see obviously all the footage we've seen sort of at press events and stuff has been you know next generation uh series x and playstation 5 um but that being said, being cross-generational, I, I trust Capcom to be able to provide an experience that is that is scalable. Um, they've been really good with their PC ports as well, I believe. So I think you're in good hands. I hope so. Yeah. Well, um, anyways, enough of my um, uh, chickening out when it comes to Resident Evil. I knew if I played that demo, I would, I would be able to tell. It might have shied me away from it. But hey, if the listeners want me to play Resident Evil 8, maybe we'll figure something out. 
um, and we will we will do some and fun stuff there. If you want to see Ryan play Resident Evil Eight, send us emails. I'll make him play it. There we go. If I have uh, to sit there and hold his hand every time he plays it. Sure. Yeah, and I will. I'll try to play it on the PlayStation Five so I can get the most realist, grossest, nastiest stuff. And you know what? It, it uh, that demo was really like again. You know, it's non-combat, and you're going through it. And you're hearing and you're seeing sort of the stalking monster. I think you in the demo you come across one of the one of the the vampire sisters, and then obviously mm-hmm. it ends with the you know the classic like tall vampire lady like grabbing you and like that everybody's cosplaying as now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Did we cover the news on this show where there was like an official tweet that went out about that? And um, no. They were like uh, the 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 official tweet was like, "Hey, we didn't really anticipate people being um, so enamored with this new character, and uh, you know we're a little taken aback, but this is really cool." And uh, <laughs> they, they were kind of they were kind of all all on top of sort of the entire internet's feelings about this character, and I'll leave it at that. Yeah. Um, but it was a really funny official tweet, and it was it was very honest as well. So I, I appreciated that. Um, yeah, more on Resident Evil 8. It'll be May before you know it because it's already mid-March and April's around the corner. Uh, we got lots of plans coming up for Zombies Ate My Podcast, but before we get to that, let's talk about our topic of the week. Zombie Topic of the Week. Now, Lou, I, I'm going to shout this one out to you because this is, this is all you Stubbs, the zombie in rebel without a pulse, a game that came out in the, uh, the, the olden days on the Xbox 2005, I believe is the year. And, uh, we were, uh, we were lucky enough, as I said, to receive codes from the publisher and, um, the game was re-released on March 16th on PC, PlayStation, uh, Xbox and switch. Uh, I want to stress this is a re-release um, to be not able a to not a remaster, not a remake. This is a re-release, and it's twenty bucks. And the game is, I I think the, at the very least they do some work to make sure it runs on existing hardware. So um, there's very clearly been work done to make sure that it runs at uh, all resolutions. So I was playing it in fourteen forty p on the PlayStation or sorry, on my PC uh, in the office. And then in the living room, I was playing it on a PC at 4K, and it was it ran it ran fine for the most part. But it is an Xbox game. You, you have to keep that in the back of your mind. Um, this is not... Uh, it was not given the same treatment as, as Destroy All Humans, that, that remake that came out last year that was fantastic. Um, this is a re-release to make sure the game runs on your current hardware. That being said... The reason it disappeared for so long, um, probably due to licensing and its main uh, developers shutting their doors, uh, the game is back in all its all its uh, complete glory or gory, I should say. Um, it has all the music, all the licensed music, to the point where there is literally a warning. I'm imagining of... that that was probably the hardest part of this. Yeah, yeah, because uh, the other thing too is like 2005. Some of these bands you had mentioned, what was it, Cake and. And um, Death Cab for Cutie did songs for this. Somebody, there's a couple of other bands that like that. Like you'd be like, oh wow, they did the music for this. It's all people you would know. Yeah, yeah, and like they're they're famous, and they're more famous now than they were in 2005. So I'm sure the the, yeah. the cost to relicense those, and and I think maybe that's where you kind of look at 
a re-release versus a remaster um, versus a remake, there are different costs to all of those. All of them require relicensing of the original or of the music. And uh, there are just additional costs to a, a remaster and a, and a remake. I'm not necessarily like, you know, for, forgiving the way I would have loved to see a remaster. I think this game uh, would have really benefited from what Destroy All Humans received um, because I think the gameplay is solid, similar to Destroy All Humans. It's really the look and feel and, or the look rather. It, it looks like an Xbox game, but again, that doesn't bother me too bad. I play enough indie games that kind of have the same kind of graphical style that it's not the end of the world that it kind of looks a little old, a little dated. Uh, the gameplay is fun enough that I can forgive it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the basic premise is uh, Stubbs is like a, a he's a zombie, but he was like a uh, like a like a door to door salesman that gets killed, and he gets buried in this plot of land. And now there's like the future of it's like future land is being built near his where he's been buried, and he wakes up and goes to town and eats a, a teenage couple that's that's having a picnic near where he was buried and chaos can, uh, begins and you literally just start running around this futuristic city with flying cars uh biting people and turning them into zombies and then using them to attack more people and this sort of a weakish plot as you wander from level to level mm-hmm yeah, in the game, uh, I, I should mention, if you go to our YouTube channel, there will also be a companion to this podcast, a Zamp Plays video, where Lou and I were uh, able to do uh, do the couch co-op that is featured in the game through Steam's remote play feature, which uh, was actually, once we got it working, pretty cool that that was able to be to be done. I don't know if we could both play through the whole game like that. It seemed like maybe, yeah, the lag probably would have would have harmed you more in the end but um for what it was it was it was kind of fun to check out and i would agree with you on the on the point that the the combat and the mechanics they age really well you know and it's very simple like all of it i think is due to just the area of effect of of them it runs runs on the original halo engine and uh, and you can tell it does the same thing with Halo. Whereas in Halo, you had a shield that recharges. Mm-hmm. This your health meter recharges. Um, uh, you uh, two stages in, he gets the ability to pull out his spleen and throw it like a hand grenade, and you blow up people. And the the hand grenade mechanics work exactly like the Halo hand grenade mechanics. Yeah. Um, I would say better because you can control when it explodes. So you can like, you can have it go behind a group of enemies and then manually explode it, or you can throw it directly at the enemies and manually explode it like right, right as it's sort of crossing their faces. Like it, it's very satisfying that, uh, I, I think it's a gut grenade they call it. So yeah. yeah, it's really cool. And I'm, and I'm, I'm looking at this like, yeah, the, uh, the soundtrack is is available you can buy it on steam although you said it was streaming on spotify as well right yes, it is. yeah i have to check apple music for that but it's got yeah the um, 13 tracks yeah cake so the cake does uh, strangers in the night uh death cab for cutie uh i'm trying to see if the, the flaming okay. lips sounds familiar yep. yeah none of these other ones kind of pop out but those are those are big ones for sure um 
but yeah, the, the, the mechanics of, of the grenade and also the area effect stun that you get right off the bat, which is basically a giant fart button. Um, it works. It just, it, it feels great when you're doing it and it kind of, it, it either stuns everybody with the fart sort of, uh, bomb or when you throw your gut grenade, it, it just, it feels so satisfying. And when you kill them, like when you throw the grenade and you kill sort of whatever you're fighting, it turns them into zombies. Um, and that is also really cool because you, by the end of the level, you've kind of got a good sort of, uh, what's, what's a group of zombies. It wouldn't be a, Not a horde, a horde. Thank you man i've been doing this show for how long you'd think word would have popped right into my head that's embarrassing that's why you're the you're the you're the you're the busy zombie lord you know all um the, the, the basic genesis is every level you start out with either yourself or you and like two or three zombies and then by the end of the stage you usually have like 20 zombies following you and you can push them and use them as fodder as you sneak up and try and take out like the cops that are shooting at your zombie horde mm-hmm yeah, and and you get other mechanics. Uh, you haven't gotten far enough, but you get first. You get the the gut grenade and the fart mechanic, and then in the police station, you gain the ability to take off your arm and use it as a as a projectile, and it'll run around, and you can jump on the back of a, a of a of a uh, an enemy and possess them, and then you can use them to kill other people. Which there's a couple of I think there's a boss fight later on where what you end up having to do is take over a guy with a gun so that you can shoot at somebody and take down their shields. Um, later on, you end up fighting cops with riot shields, and it, it you can possess one of the cops with the riot shields and use him to protect your zombie horde as you like march down corridors and stuff. It's really cool. And then later on, um, he gets the ability to take off his head like a bowling ball, and you roll it down things, and then it <laughs> every guy it hits turns into a zombie and stuff. Um, and there's another mechanic, but I can't remember what it is. There's another mechanic after that as well. I did get the possession, the, the hand possession stuff. And, um, the way that's introduced is also really cool where he basically, uh, he pulls, he pulls off his arm and he, and your, you know, Stubbs is stuck in like a chair in a, in a lab and you use the arm to sort of, uh, take over, um, a prisoner. And then, and then that prisoner you then bring into the, into the lab you buy, um, you, you, which is also really weird because you're you kind of have to uh it's a zombie game you don't have to worry about it but when you kill someone as a possessed being in that level it turns them into a zombie um yeah and then i think i'm remembering that correctly when you're when you shoot them with a gun they don't turn no. into a zombie no, they, they don't, but for some reason, when I guess when you physically touch them, they do. Or maybe in just that level, it does. I think when you physically kill them with like a melee attack, it kill, turns them into a zombie. Mm -hmm. And uh, I actually used that further on in the level, and uh, it was it was really cool. Like, it worked quite well, I've, and it doesn't penalize you for um, your hand sort of dying. Like, the idea is basically when the hand is exhausted, he grows a new hand. It doesn't have to, like, come back and physically yeah. reattach which yep. works well for the mechanic, but it was really cool. And, and it worked well running around and possessing people. And, and, um, and, and it, it just, it really, it mixes up the gameplay. Cause I felt by that point, I was like, okay, is this just going to be sort of a Pikmin light where I'm like sending my zombie meat shield ahead so that I can, I can get at those sweet, sweet brains. But no, it, it, um, it mixes things up. I, I, there's a couple things I, I, or, or that are nitpicky and i think it's really based on when the game 
was designed is um, they do drop you into these these maps, and in these maps, it's just kind of like go do. And I think and they don't give you they don't give you really good directions. No, I mean they don't really give you any direction. Although I'll give the game this credit in that after a timer, an invisible timer goes off, it will display like a hey, you need to go here to to progress the level. And uh, there's a couple yeah. stages where that timer is a long time. Yes, I will agree with you there. And there's a couple of stages where it immediately tells you where to go, and then the next stage, it like takes twenty minutes for it to tell you where you got to go. Yeah, I would have appreciated maybe a little more direction, and maybe uh, I mean I know we're these days we are just uh, we are we're spoiled too. We're spoiled. Yes, we're spoiled when it comes to heads up displays. And this is a 2005 game, and and for it's for me remembering that sort of time frame, uh, I said this in our sort of Zamp plays segment. I felt like this would have this this feels like a unique enough game that it should have stood above a lot of the other games that were coming out in 2005, and maybe it did. It it, it slipped through my radar, and that uh, I was I was mostly a Nintendo player back in those days. Although I did have an Xbox, I was a Halo person. But um, I I knew of this game, but it kind of fell into the same. There was another zombie game. What was it like the lollipop chainsaw lady? Yeah, well, uh, yeah, lollipop chainsaw. It, is that, that's exactly what it called it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I remember that one as well being sort of in the similar vein. And that was a title actually. It was not an Xbox regular Xbox title. That was a three sixty title. Oh really? Oh yeah, you're yeah. right. That was a little bit later on. Anyways, I just this now I'm playing this game and I'm I'm remembering I'm I'm thinking back to those times like man this game, this game probably there's a reason it was a cult classic. It it was quirky. It was fun. The gameplay was like top notch. If it if it has survived like the last sixteen years and it still feels good, like that just proves it was really good design to begin with, and. I think as a budget title, you know, and you had mentioned in our in our segment uh, that it was a budget title when it when it released. And yeah, I remember I bought this when it came out for Xbox, and I remember thinking it was going to be a fifty or sixty full budget title. And when I got to the store, it was like, oh yeah, no, it's a forty dollar game. And I was like, oh, sweet, it's mm-hmm. even cheaper than I was expecting. And I, I mean, I played a bunch of this. I will say my biggest gripe about this re-release is it's still a little buggy. Um, I had it crash on me about every 30 minutes or so. Uh, it would crash, and when it would crash, it would be a hard control-alt-delete, bring up the system menu, cancel the game, wait for it to do, wait for the, it to close out of my Steam library and then reopen it. Um, I never had to go back very far. This has a very generous uh, autosave function. So the most I had to do was go back like maybe two, three minutes of gameplay. Um, so it wasn't that bad. But the fact that it crashed on me like at least four or five times, I was like, yeah, they, if it's crashing for me, I'm, uh, there's other people crashing. It crashing for, it's crashing for. And if you look at the, the comments in the, the, the message boards, that there's a lot of people being like, I love this game, but man, you guys got to fix these crash bugs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I experienced that myself. I was uh, so early on when I was playing, I was actually playing it on the PC in the other room, but uh, I was streaming it to my and- Mac and it would it would go 
I would hit a level or a segment and the screen would just go black. And I had to actually exit out of Steam Link, go into my remote sort of tablet uh, or remote control, uh, remote desktop app. And then the game would not be present on the Windows machine. I actually had to bring up the task manager and quit out of Stubbs. Uh, .exe in order to get it to actually stop. So there are some bugs, um, and those are those are pretty pretty significant bugs in my I'm mind. Sure, I'm sure in the next week or two we'll get an update that fixes them. Yeah, for sure. Like this game just came out, and uh, from what I've been able to sort of gleam from the game, you know, previously is that it, it did have some bugs. That's really originally the reason it was sort of taken down from a. Um, I think I guess it was an Xbox Originals game that was available for about five years, and then it was taken off the 360 store. So, yeah, yeah, it's um, it's it, I think for what it is, like uh, a twenty dollar re release, I I th- I think that's a solid price. I know a lot of people are probably griping um, about the price. Yeah, no, I don't I don't have a whole lot of problem with the price i think uh if it wasn't if i didn't experience those crash bugs i would totally say right now this is worth 20 bucks but if they fix those crash bugs and you're still think it's too much as soon as this thing goes on sale i guarantee the next uh the next steam sale they have going on this thing's gonna be like five ten bucks and at five ten bucks this thing's a steal i think so too and i mean if you're a fan of the original or like me you haven't played it and you like zombies and you're looking for like a different experience like this is this is a totally unique zombie game it's not very often you get to control the zombie and i know we talked about uh raise the dead uh like last year and and that also comes to mind when i think what are other games where you control the zombie and it was actually fun i after playing this i think you can probably see where raise the dead's ideas came from yeah for sure uh i i feel that wholeheartedly like i think i think this game does it better yeah yeah, I think, and I think it does it better just based on the fact of of the setup of the gameplay being a third person action game, yeah. and not a puzzle game. It, exactly, and and a two D puzzle game at that. I think I think the structure of Raise the Dead um, was uh, it, it was held back by its sort of two D isometric uh, feel. But um, yeah, Stubbs the Zombie Rebel Without a Pulse. I'm really digging it. I will say this like. There's a couple other things like of of its original Xbox origin that kind of shine through. Um, the audio is uh, is really crunchy, um, so all the voice samples sound like the era. So you're gonna you're gonna notice that right away. Um, the music, for from what I was able to tell, like the licensed music, it's it sounded okay, it sounded fine. But uh, I really did notice as you were going through the open world and and eating a bunch of brains, like you'd get the same clips over and over again. Um, in the police station, when everything was really close together, you'd have uh, cops doing the same sort of panic, and it just it sounded really bad. But again, that is to its original source material, and and it being ported over. And then you'll see it in our video that the cutscenes uh, kind of shrink down to the original resolution of the game. Um, again they don't look terrible it's just it's it's a little jarring when you see that chain and you're thinking oh what's going on here uh but other than that like again keep in mind you know keep your expectations in check this is a re-release and there's no harm in waiting for those bugs to be addressed and even a sale if you want to wait like you waited 15 years you can wait a little bit longer but if you're a huge fan of Stubbs the zombie and you're craving to play it right away 
I think that's a decent price for what they're offering here. You know, it's a, it is playable and it is a lot of fun. Like it crashed, it crashed for me a couple times. I thought it was the remote play feature that I was doing, but yep. um, if it's happening to you too, then it's, it's probably related to just the game in general. But um, I, I'd recommend it. I think it's, it's an easy game to recommend because it's a solid sort of base function of, of a, of a really solid 2005 game. And it's, it's not very often I'm going to sit here and recommend you go play a game from 2005. Uh, what are your thoughts, Lou? Uh, final verdict. My final verdict is, is if you're looking, if you played this game in the past and you liked it, I uh, you and, and you haven't been able to play it in years like me, because I, even though I own a copy, I don't have an Xbox anymore. Um, this was a, this was a, this, I had a ball playing this. Um, I'm about right where Ryan is and, and, and I'm itching to go back and play some more. Yeah, that co- the, when you when you do the final boss battle uh, against the chief of police, I did not know there was a dance off in this game, and they totally drop a dance off on you, and it's it just goes to show that this game has this sense of humor that it just leans into, and it's the sense of humor is wonderful. Yeah, and you do not get these experience these experiences these days. There are not games like this. They don't make them. They don't make cheesy funny games anymore it's too risky you know um they've hinted that if this did well they'd be tempted to dip back into this and maybe do another one and uh if that's the case then i say please 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 make another one because i would love a sequel to this yeah a sequel i would take uh a full-on remaster or even a remake of this like do a either way i'd be happy exactly me too me too so Check out uh, our video of Stubbs the Zombie and certainly check out Stubbs the Zombie and Rebel Without a Pulse for yourself. It is available on PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo Switch, and PC. Uh, we played it on PC. I don't know how it's performing on consoles. I, I had not seen. I have not heard anything about consoles. Uh, all the reviews I've read have been PC mm-hmm. version. Well, um, it is available on all those platforms and is still fun. It holds up. So check it out. And uh, coming up on Zombies Ate My Podcast, April is around the corner, and we will have a new episode the week of April 1st. We are going to be talking about uh, The Walking Dead Season 10C, so those six bonus episodes to Season 10. We are going to be starting with uh, a discussion of the first three episodes, and then we'll have a follow-up episode with the next three episodes, and that brings us right into the return of Fear the Walking Dead. So uh, buckle up, folks. It's Walking Dead season once again on Zombies Ate My Podcast. Lou and I are excited. I think we're excited, right? Semi-excited. I think I'm more excited for fear than I am regular Walking Dead. I've heard I've heard decent things about the return of The Walking Dead and in these bonus episodes. I think people are digging the bottle episodes. I don't know. I don't know if, uh, if if the Discord is to go by. I think the Discord's been pretty pretty happy i guess with with the episodes i don't know yes they have well we will find out for ourselves as well uh in the very near future so stay tuned go check out our youtube channel for more stuff to zombie uh and speaking of our discord go to bit.ly slash zamp discord jump in there let us know what your thoughts are and memories are of stubs the zombie and uh we will certainly have fun chatting about that i want to thank our patrons you fine folks are the reason we're able to host and uh, serve this show to uh, your pod catchers. You can go to patreon.com slash zombies ate my podcast to support us directly. 
And uh, go to our website while you're at it, zombiesatemypodcast.com. You'll find all of our back catalog of episodes there, all our show notes, whatnot. You can email us, info at zombiesatemypodcast.com, and uh, follow us on Twitter, at zombiespodcast. You can like us on Facebook as well. If you're over on Twitter, you can follow me at R. Murphy and Lou at Busy Zombie Lord for our individual musings of uh, video games and other such nonsense. Finally, a quick shout out to Joel Duggan for the artwork. You can find more of his portfolio at joelduggan.com. Lou, as is tradition, take us out of here with some fine, fine zombie knowledge. Uh, for anybody that's curious, uh, I guested on the uh, Joe Blow Horror Show uh, to do their zombie segment uh, for their upcoming episode. So check that out. Uh, we talk about The Dead Hate the Living, a movie I can't wait to make Ryan watch. All right. Thanks, Lou. We'll include a link to that guest spot in our show notes. Be sure to check that out. Thanks so much for listening, everybody, and have yourself a great couple weeks, and we'll see you in the next episode.